And we are coming to you live from Gallagher State, where Cosato is hosting its 13th National Congress. And uh, with us right now is, of course, a man who's been very busy this morning, just completed uh, uh, delivering uh, the uh, party's organizational report, and he stepped in. Mr. Mchali Mchali, thanks so much for coming through. And uh, yes, it's uh, been exciting here at uh, the Congress. And firstly, are you happy with how things have proceeded uh, over these two days? Thank you very much. I think we we are happy, though we are running uh, far behind time. We are concerned that we may not completely discuss the issues in depth, but uh, I think we are on course. So uh, many issues to grapple with, uh, as we've heard from uh, the alliance partners, the speakers there yesterday, President Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, today uh, the uh, SACP's Dr. Bladen Zimande, talking about reconfiguring the alliance. And he was very clear uh, that uh, Kasatu needed to play a pivotal role in this regard. So... Please explain to us, you know, in terms of this reconfiguration, what is Kosatu's understanding of what needs to happen? If you re- you remember, Sakina, around 2008, before the the general election in 2009, if I'm not mistaken, Kosatu was very, very unhappy about the manner in which the alliance was working. To an extent that we took a resolution and says, in order to have the ANC, hold the ANC accountable, we needed to have a pact. We needed to write down exactly what are the agreement in relation to those issues. For an example, if there are people appointed to cabinet, should COSA to have representative that goes to the cabinet or representative that goes, like quarter, if you, if you may wish, those issues the issue that we're debating are the first one. The second one was on the decision that have to be taken on policy. We then concluded as COSATU at that time that we need what we term to be a political council. In other words, we'll be independent. The INSI may have discussion, the part in COSATU, but before a decision is conclu- finally taken, we must call the, the political council. Then the political council must decide. Once it's decided, the ANC cannot do it alone, even though it's a, a party in government. So it is along those lines about frustration, about promises, and about uh, a number of issues that we agreed but not implemented, and the ANC just keep moving on. And I'm glad you said that because uh, not for the first time it seems as though this is a cyclical thing whereby uh, just before elections or when a new president is elected in the African National Congress uh, there seems to be uh, this tunadrang, uh, once again lovey-dovey relationship between the alliance partners but the longer that president uh, persists in their position we see that relationship fracturing and we've seen this time and time again. What's going to make a difference this time around? That's what we ask the the delegates that uh, we have been in what you may term an abusive relationship. Uh, at some point in time, is uh, correctly jolly as you indicated on, and and many of the instances is towards the election. And once the election and people are in power, they kick the ladder down. Want to discuss how are we going to, if we put the ANC, for example, in power? then they move away from this thing. What are we going to do in dealing with those issues? We think our love for the ANC has been abused. We want the delegates to concretely come out and say, what are you going to do to these issues? And hold them accountable. 
That's why the issue of PEC was one example that you may not have legally written, but you may have politically decided that the alliance must meet. And in that form, we had agreed that, for an example, the alliance secretariat must meet twice a month. They must have power. Exactly power. What can they decide it on? Then we must have the political council. We must have summit. Be formalized in a particular way that if there's a debate, government can't decide on its side and then come to the alliance and say, no, as government, we have taken this decision. That's why, for an example, on this thing of uh, retrenchment, we have really, really spoke very strongly against the ANC and said, look, what kind of a party that may say they are not aware about retrenchment and said, who take these decisions? These are ANC members. They can't take decision in our view without Lutuli House uh, have uh, endorsed. But of course, you know, politics, politics. People promises you the next time they do it in a different way. That's why we don't want it to be a relationship between ourselves and the president. We want to have a strong relationship between the party so that we can hold the party accountable in dealing with those issues. In that one, for an example, of uh, of the, the retrenchment, we met with the ANC top six. They emphatically, as the president have said yesterday, there is no retrenchment in dealing with this thing. The following day, the DP was in parliament answering question. The same question was posed. Are you retrenching uh, the civil servants? And he said, yes. And we're so shocked. Now, we were together with the same people, with the president and everybody else. They said to us, it's not going to happen. The deputy president answering in parliament, the same deputy president, saying uh, these things. When we raise with the minister concerned, because the minister was denied, uh, the, the answer we got was that, oh, you know, or the, S, the, the deputy secretary says, no, normally the, pres- the deputy president, when question is posed in parliament, he took it to the part, to the department, relevant department, and says, what is the answer here and the answer here? Because the deputy president won't be in those governments. So they give him written but responses. But it makes no difference. And then we then said, no, but you were in a meeting. Uh, because then they said, no, it was a follow-up question. We never gave him the answer in terms of those issues. We said, no, it doesn't matter. There was a decision of the ANC. We met with us. You know that we're going to talk those issues. You said it's not going to happen. Who's, who's telling the truth in relation to these issues? So politics are like that. They move. Which is interesting because the retrenchment issue is a very pertinent one right now, uh, given that the perception and even uh, the facts seem to bear out right now that your stronghold right now is within the public service, the public sector. So if these retrenchments are happening within the public service, that will affect you first and foremost. So... What are you going to do about this, given that we are now receiving these mixed messages from government and from the entities involved? It's a, it's a, it's a very difficult uh, thing that put us in, in, in that way, not necessarily in terms of just membership that we may have, because there are a lot of other people are organized in dealing with those things. But it's a question of consistency from the government. Government, we, we know that the other department, if you look to the police, they are understaffed, really, really understaffed in dealing with those issues. If you look to the nurses, which was the president was talking about, they needed to convert the, the community health workers to be employed by the state. They got fear. I think the fear they have 
you are the rating agencies that the public sector wage bill is too huge in dealing with those issues our view is that they should analyze that one where does the money goes because the people on the ground the people that really do the work are underpaid there are few in dealing with those issues one of the minister was telling us that in the public sector one of the huge bill is the question of overtime you remember when you work overtime you are paid at highly rate because there's a shortage of staff you have to get people asking them to work uh, double shift and etc so in the wage bill because of the rate you pay more but why you can't employ and fill the vacancies about uh, many many vacancies in the public sector well so much more that i wanted to talk to you about you know uh, elections coming up next year we kind of touched on it but there's a lot of talk about coalition governments uh, uh, emerging out of that possibly what's your take on that we said to, we, we, we raise it now with the Congress and we said you must debate it because what forms a coalition government? We will be worried by people who want to be in power at all costs. So your enemy tomorrow become your, your friend in, in doing the coalition. And sometimes it will be letting down on members because if members choose to vote for the ANC, not for the DA for an example, and then the ANC collude with the DA, then it means your vote, you are not choosing the ANC, you are choosing anybody to be in government. We think that must be debated quite clearly. We want that, uh, we know that the ANC in 1994 was in coalition with the National Party. I mean, the, the enemy of the people at that time in the Western Cape, they governed together. We know that in two provinces, I mean, in two municipalities in the Eastern Cape, they were in, 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 in coalition. We said we needed to debate it here. We don't want to be left behind. And you hear after the election, this one is negotiating with one and they want to swap position and all those things. We want to, and should be made clear, workers must tell us, will you agree that you vote for a particular party if there is uh, these balances and then they should collude? And if they do, who should they collude with in your view in dealing with those? So that you can make it quite clear before the election and be able to pronounce to the ANC that when we vote for you, in case you are unable to get uh, the, the right numbers and you decide to form collusion, what are the principles of that coalition? And just the final, final one, um, uh, Donald Trump, uh, the U.S. aggression, the trade wars between U.S. and China, and how that's likely to impact us. Uh, because we're already feeling the pinch here, but, you know, w- what is your view on this going forward? Unfortunately, when the trade war happens, I mean, it's like elephants fighting and the grass suffer in terms of those things. Uh, we have put it in the agenda and said, what should we do? Uh, and, and, and it's going to affect us. It's affecting us. I mean, uh, many companies, the other one, pull the Chevrolet, uh, pull out mm. in relation to this issue. People lose jobs. Our still now got a higher I mean, tariff in dealing with those issues. The point that though we're making in the social economic that unless you satisfy your domestic market first, before you go to the export, get people working. Get people to be able to, to buy your products. Use whatever you have at home before you just think about exporting because you can't control that environment. It's going to affect us negatively. But we were talking to many other people, including the trade unions in Europe, I mean in America, and to say this is the wrong thing. What your government, can you raise your voice that you can't have people? If it happens, people will go to U- U.S. where the jobs are. They're going to be crossing the border illegally, etc., etc. 
Mr. Bain, Charlie, Charlie, I wish we could have more time, but we don't. We're going to have to leave it there. But of course, we still have two more days of Congress to cover. So hopefully we'll have you back on one of those two days. Thanks for stopping by. We'll try to be available. Thank you.